Did you notice, I mean, have you been to any new sites? Have you seen there was a, a memorial service that they did before the inauguration? For the people who died of COVID? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really see it in detail, but I know they did that. I'll tell you, it's an amazing piece of work and definitely worth watching because of its concision. It's not, it, they were so brief and so perfectly orchestrated in terms of delivering the message. It was quite impressive. Uh, I don't know who coordinated it, but it was excellent. And you know, you had people speaking and nobody spoke long. Nobody, I don't think anybody spoke for more than a minute and a half. And it was uh, all really about creating the space for people to acknowledge the terrible toll that this has taken on us. So my word for this week is grief. Uh, because uh, as we were watching this morning, you know, there were things that were woven into the inauguration proceedings that acknowledged again the incredible impact of the coronavirus pandemic. And I found myself very deeply moved. And it was like I hadn't realized that I was holding so much grief. Yeah. So to me, I think it's important to think about grief in terms of our feelings, and also the way that we can be un unconscious or unknowing about the hurt that's actually going on in our innards somewhere. Yeah, grief has a, it has a kind of roots that run deep that you're not really aware of, like you said, it's a kind of a feeling I get. Grief is not a word that you use lightly, as it were. It's a deep kind of sadness, a deep emotional suffering. I hesitate to say that it reaches into our own fear of death, I don't, I don't think that so much because one can grieve, you know, the loss of a friendship or one can grieve something where death isn't necessarily involved. But uh, I think this grief, as you're talking about it here, while it relates to this emotional sacredness of life, it is therefore something that runs deeper than we can even imagine. And as you say, it's something that we can not really understand that's going on in us because it, it goes so deeply. I simply recognized the power of it in retrospect, not so much as it was going on, although I was getting hints that my ability to focus was pretty low. And yeah. I did create a kind of ritual that I would do every night before I went to bed to just to acknowledge the death that was occurring every single day, thousands of people dying because of COVID. So I think the thing that got me about the inauguration was that finally somebody was acknowledging this. Yeah. And I think that the real difficulty, the real, the hurt or pain that can be generated by this kind of grief occurs when it's not acknowledged and it builds up and people won't agree. People won't give a space for it to be recognized. And so you don't know why you're not feeling well. You don't know why your brain doesn't work. Do you think that's, uh, I kind of wonder, the part of me that says, why is it that difficult to be willing to acknowledge? Is it such a, is it an area of such vulnerability or is it an area of such perhaps guilt of some kind within us? Or I know that grief relates to the concept of, it, of sorrow and sorrow is a concept that has to do with, if you look through the history of the word and its meanings, has to do with to be ill, to literally be sick with something. Yeah. And it's been defined as, as a mental suffering caused by loss, disappointment, sadness, grief, or regret. 
you know, trouble, loss, and affliction. Actually, when you're ill, your whole body is involved in trying to express health. You know, when you're ill, what's the thing you want most? Health. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the body's entire activity is involved in trying to get at the answer, trying to let the answer out, the health out. What is grief? What does it represent as, as, as maybe needing to be let out? Is there something deeper than the grief or something that grief can point to? It's an acknowledgement of loss. It is loss acknowledged. It is, um, yeah. it is not loss stuffed down where nobody can see it and, and de denying that there's any loss. Uh -huh. And I believe that the repression of the sense of loss and the denial that there's a problem. I mean, I, that's probably the keynote of this former president is that the that this person could never, ever acknowledge failure or loss of any kind. Yeah. And so we've been treated to that. And I, I really had no idea that it was hitting me so hard that that these losses needed to be acknowledged. And to me, that's what the grief that's what grief is, is the acknowledgement of the loss. And uh, so by acknowledging the loss, that makes room for what can come after. Just like for sorrow, it's health wanting to come out. For grief, I think it opens the space for understanding and finding a greater life that can sustain you and that stands in the place of what you think has been taken away. Yeah. Acknowledging that loss Yes, gives gives you room to really have an entirely new life, an entirely new concept of yourself, and an entirely new kind of opening. But it, and that and of a profoundness that can even be, in a way, deeply frightening. Yeah, I think of people I've heard talk about the death of their parents. I, I remember, of course, you know my feelings. Some of them, the time my parents passed, and everything about father to me was wrapped up in my father. And I remember when I, when I left him the last time, I went to visit him about a week before he died. And when I left, he, we both knew and they're saying our goodbyes that that was going to be the last goodbye. And I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried out all my, my first sense of loss and my self-pity and all that sort of stuff seems to be invariably there. And then when I got the phone call a week later, I drew a curtain over myself and I just, when I took the phone call, I just hung up the phone and I just wouldn't let myself feel anything. Wow. And then it wasn't until later when I was, when I'd gone back to the Oklahoma where they, or Texas Panhandle where they lived and we had the memorial, the funeral, and, and it was held at the church. And as with my sister, you know, my other sister, Mary, you recall, and my brother, and, you know, they pushed me up to the front to go say something. And so when I got up, and started talking about my father. That was where I guess I just didn't have any all the pegs in place because I kind of came apart. And it was grief. It wasn't just loss. Yeah. It wasn't just sorrow. It was that grief. That thing that was everything to me, as far as father was concerned, was gone. And it just there's no way to prepare for what that level of feeling is. There's uh, no no philosophical crutch that allows me to think. Well, yes, but look, maybe it'll open up something new. It was just just it's grief. Yeah. S somehow pulling the roots out of my center. Yeah, it left space for something else to come in. But that all comes way later. Right. And until 
that later thing comes and we were able to properly associate it and then find our find our philosophical support again so to speak in, in an emotional kind of way until then it's just uh, it's a very very empty hole uh, grief seems to be the experience of that hole until life evolution and your own or your therapist or whoever helps get you to the point of seeing that it's really not a hole it's a it's a platform to lead a different kind of a fuller life in, rec in recognition of all the things that, that that in which the roots were embedded meant to you. You know, I had a similar experience to, to yours. I was uh, asked to read a scripture reading for my father's funeral when he passed several years back. And I was fine. And I, I knew that the, the second reading would be the New Testament and, it, and knew it would be probably the, uh, the chapter of John that says... It's one of my favorite passages, uh -huh. you know, that basically says, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, yes. And um, so I thought, okay, that'll be fine. And my sisters had told me about this, but they hadn't given me a copy of the reading. And, um, and so <laughs> I uh, went up to the lectern and the celebrant of the mass, the Catholic mass, said that at the request of the family, this second reading in an unusual exception to the normal proceedings, the second reading would also be from the Old Testament. And so I got up to the podium and I had to do a completely cold reading of a scripture that I had never seen before. Wow. And it was one of these Old Testament statements. I mean, I don't even remember what verse it was or anything, but boy, it hit me. Yeah. You know, it hit me. Yeah. And all I could do was to focus the, the incredible emotional energy that was coming through me, focus it into the reading. So, God damn it, I gave them a reading. Let me tell you. Yeah. I bet. I bet. Um, but, yeah, it's that there are moments when you your, your facade just gets all of these wrinkles in it and falls apart. Yes. Yeah, and you can't stop it. I mean, it's like, you know, you've been leaning so heavily on these artificial supports and when they're kicked out, you just fall and you know fall all over the place and cry or do whatever you do, but everything falls apart at that point. And this is what happens with grief. Just a testament to how deep it runs. I think that in a way, too, I think grief in these situations, of course, is a very, very personal kind of thing. And then there's a kind of grief that your connection to humanity can sometimes engender. 400,000 people lost their lives to, to virus, which you and I have been working diligently to avoid catching and trying to help others understand if, if we're called to, to practice so that unlikely that they might get the virus and work for vaccines, hope, pray for vaccines, translate for answers. And there's such a, there's, there's something about the grief over hearing about the 400,000 that you're not just your roots into a memory of a father pulled out, but your roots in the into humanity. Yes. Your roots into all of your your kindred spirits on this planet. Yes. There's a sizable chunk that's ripped out. So the experience may be a little different, but it's still so profoundly disturbing and needs to happen. Needs to be expressed, as you as you certainly said. Needs to be expressed. Uh, otherwise, there will be no chance for the the openness that you need to move ahead with what the 400,000 people's energy should be out there helping you do. 
mm-hmm. in terms of your own consciousness. And in this, I think ritual has a place. Yes. In fact, it was, I think, in both what the case you described and what I described, it was part of the process that allowed the expression of the grief to finally emerge. The ritual has its has a, has a function here. I hope I can find that coverage of the, of the pre-memorial, as you said. Maybe it's on YouTube by now. Oh, yeah, I imagine. In fact, I found it on the New York Times website. If you go to the New York Times website, you can find it, and it's not firewalled because they're, you know, that they were keeping the inauguration stuff open to the public. Just talking about this word at this point, I can just sort of feel things shifting around inside of me and wonder what wants to make itself known. <laughs> I think in the evolution of an individual from the point of view of consciousness, which always involves letting go of an identity so the greater identity can express in, in, under the, in the idea that we know that we are not yet what we should be. It makes us seekers. But I think there is a kind of grief associated somehow deep in the unconscious about that. Say more about that. Uh, let me see if I, I don't want to go too far down in a rabbit hole that might not be making sense. But uh, the idea that I'm not what I should be, I, I, but I've, I've come to see that uh, much of what I have invested in, uh, I mean, just in general, what I've invested in called life or truth, whatever, there's there's a fundamental misconception about myself from the get-go. Maybe it's the first time that as a very young infant, I started seeing things as out there instead of just part of myself as a newborn will do. The newborn will just, it's just open out there, open to the entire universe because it's him. Yes. But at some point that is lost in, say, learning a word for something instead of just embracing it in consciousness. Yes, yes. And there's a kind of grief, I believe, associated with that. It also needs to be experienced, just as the death of a loved one, that grief needs to be experienced. Yes. As part of the process of opening further, part of the process of getting to really understanding and expressing as that which I know I am not yet in terms of my evolution. And it's not just my evolution at that point either. It's evolution as something that is perhaps key to the whole future existence of humanity. Well, every person is part of that, so so sure. Yeah. And that's, I think, what I was groping for earlier in trying to understand the, the impact collectively of all of these deaths. You know, every day, even today, there were deaths, so. Yeah, yeah. And so the acknowledgement of that then, in one sense, it, op- it also opens an opportunity for us to see past appearances because this is the entire point of our study is to not to, not to squash the feeling of loss, but to acknowledge it and to embrace it. And then also to take the next step, which is to address the all-beingness of life and call that forth in our life and say, I know you're there behind yeah. this appearance. Yeah, shine your light. Yeah, grief is like it's like an evolution, evolutionary imperative in terms of getting to where we need to get to to understand the our oneness, our singularness, our true glory, and probably 
love, that most cohesive force in the universe. It's not just a word, it's a realization that sur surpasses everything else. I hesitate to even talk in words about something where words just don't say it. Mm -hmm. And so I grieve and ask for it to move me, open me up. And I call on my deepest understanding of the ongoingness of life and acknowledge and confirm that even if I just look up at the stars or welcome the morning with the rising sun. 